Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. It's like a baby. You have to watch it. You have to take care of it. You can't just leave it. It's not a stock. It's not a bond. It's not going to appreciate through the work of someone else. It's going to only appreciate through your hard work. As a loyal Best Ever listener, you know that it's important that we as entrepreneurs focus on managing our time effectively, which is why we're always looking for ways to automate the basic duties of our business so that we can focus more time on our money-making activities. That's why I want to introduce you to Rentler.com. At Rentler, landlords and property managers can perform all their duties in one place. Rentler offers tools that allow you to automate tasks like listing a unit for rent, finding and screening tenants, collecting rent, and managing the maintenance requests. And even better, these tools are offered at zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com forward slash best ever to get started today. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Adam Kitchener. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Adam. Well, he made $500,000 in 2017 through real estate. He owns property in Brantford, Ontario. He's based in Ontario. And with that being said, Adam, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely. Well, you see, I've been in real estate since I was a young kid growing up. I followed along my father's footsteps who bought property when I was young, and my love grew from there. These days, I'm actually working with small landlords who want to make a name for themselves in real estate. Maybe they've just bought their first property. They're not quite sure what they're doing. And rather than trial and error, they can come to a guy like me who's going to walk them through the process. I'm going to manage their properties for them, and we're going to make their properties more valuable, get them better tents, get those rents up, the expenses down, and in the end, we all win. So not only do I own my own property, I'm a landlord. I also have property that I manage on behalf of other people as well. Okay. So you own your own property, and you also have a property management company with the $500,000 that you made in 2017, what was the highest percent of that? Where did it come from? That was on the landlord side. So I actually found $500,000 in appreciated equity. I can tell you that last year I bought two properties and they both appreciated an increase of about $500,000 in equity that I was able to go after and refinance and buy more property after that. 
So basically the idea is for me, I've heard it's called the Burr investing philosophy, which is where you buy, you renovate, you re-rent, and then you refinance. That's exactly how I did it. Was I bought a really run-down property, I renovated it, I re-rented it at much higher rents, and then I refinanced it when I was done. And you did that for two properties, and in total you were able to get 500k out of it? Out of those two properties, I made 500k. Yeah, we appreciated the value on one property about 300,000, the other one appreciated about 200,000. Wow, that's incredible. Congratulations on that. That's some good stuff. Those are four four unit apartment buildings, so a total of eight apartments we're talking about right here. Let's dive into those two. How about the $300,000 one where you got 300k in equity and got access to that after doing the refinance? What did you buy the property for and then what did you do to increase the value? I bought a rundown fourplex in city of Woodstock, which is a small little town just along the highway 401 area. It's more of a blue collar town. And this building was very run down. Bricks were falling off the side of the building. It didn't even have eavesdrops. The sewer was broken. The roof needed replaced and the rents were extremely low. We're talking $500 for a two bedroom apartment. So the first thing that I did is I went out, I took a look at it, and I'm thinking to myself, what is it about this place? Why won't it sell? Why is it so scary? And the thing is, most people are scared of work, and I figured at the end of the day, there's nothing really here that's that bad. Everything has a shelf life. Right now, this building is at the end of its shelf life. So if I go in and I fix everything up, there's got to be value to be made here. And when I did my research, I looked at properties in the area, I'm seeing on that street alone, single-family homes are selling for six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars $700,000. And then the fourplexes, the five plexes in the area are selling for about four hundred, fifty, five hundred, almost six hundred thousand dollars in some cases. So I realized that if I put the time and the effort into this place, I'm able to get these low rents out and put new rents in, I'll be able to appreciate the value of this property. And that's exactly what I did. So I went in and I addressed all the issues that were long standing. I sent in a brick mason, he went in brick by brick, repinned, repointed the entire house fixed all the issues that were there. We redid all of the eavesdrops. We put up new soffits and fascia and the whole nine yards. We went in and we repaired all of the plumbing. We did all the real structural work that needed to be done. And none of it was actually that serious. It was more just Rue's last 15 years. It was at the end of that 15 years that needed to be done. And then the next thing we did was we went into the units as they started to turn over. We actually bought the building half empty. So two tenants were out and two were pre-existing. We went into the first two units and we renovated them to what I would consider my level of quality, which is brand new cabinets, brand new bathrooms, brand new floors, brand new stainless steel appliances. And then we re-rented those apartments for about a thousand bucks each, which was literally double of what the previous rents were. About six months after that, we noticed that the other tenant was leaving. Just something about new management coming in and not letting them get away with their old behavior, signal the change they left. We got them out. And then following that, the last tenant moved as well through no fault of our own and ended up we had all four units out. We renovated the remaining two units, doubled them up as well with a thousand bucks each. I took a building that was renting at $500, took it up to a thousand. And that's where we basically doubled the value because we doubled the rent and just on a 6% cap rate the building was worth $600,000. The banks didn't give us that. They gave us five fifty, but I'm not a greedy man. So <laughs> I'm okay with that. 
550 so i'm guessing a uh, quick math you bought it for what like 200 and put in 50 something like that we bought the building for 250 and okay. it came back to uh, at 550 the value appreciated $300,000 of course i had to put in 60 $70,000 to get it up there <laughs> but capital in I try to think differently when it comes to the value. The value increased 300000 All I had to do was spend $70,000 to get it. Cool, cool. So all in your 320 and it appraised for 550 And how much out were you able to get of the equity? How much were you able to get out of it? Well, the first thing I did is I actually took all the money that I put into it and I paid that off. So that $70,000 was gone. It was cleared. And then I pulled another sixty out of it and used it to buy another property. The remaining equity is going to sit there until I find another property. There's no need to pull the equity unless I need to use it. So the great thing about investment properties is it's like a well, and you can keep going back to that well for water as you need it. So I paid off the debt. I cleared the 70000 that I put in. I pulled an additional sixty to put on another investment, put 20% down on another building, and the rest of the equity is going to stay there. In Ontario, we can finance up to about 80% of the loan-to-value. So there's still some equity left in the building, and I'm going to wait until I find the next big opportunity before I pull at that. Mechanically, or logistically maybe, how does that work where you're able to get 60000 in your pocket, and how much is it? How much is remaining that you could take out? The property was appraised at five They'll give you 80% loan-to-value. Five fifty times 0.8. So that's 440 minus 250. It's 190. I took 130 out. So I have about another $50,000 that I can go. So that extra 50K, how does that work? Do you just go to the bank and say, okay, now I want my 50K that I still have in there? Or do you have to do a new loan or what? I would have to redo the entire loan or yeah. I would pull a second mortgage. And the second mortgage comes with higher interest rates. So it's probably not advised. I'm probably just going to wait the year and in the year refinance again and pull out the extra money. The other one, your other four unit, can you tell us about that one? That was another property we bought at a very reasonable price. We bought it at what's uh, considered under 100K a door, which is a very good price to buy at. We bought it for 385 And just through natural turnover, we were able to bring the rent up. We took, a, again, another $530 tenant and got them up to $1,000. And we appreciated the value of the property up to 590 So we took 385 and turned it into 590 Some of the things that we did was also sub-meter the services. So when the tenant would move out, we would put them on their own heating source, which would then lower our overall heating bill. So we took a building where all the tenants had their heat included, and every time they moved out, we put them on their own individual unit. So they pay their own hydro, they pay their own heat. And those individual things can appreciate the property at about $18,000. So if you put someone on their own hydro, you've created $18,000 in value. So that's exactly what we did is we just lowered our operating expenses. And as the tenants turned over, at this point, we now have two tenants who have left and brought in new tenants at new rents at about four or $500 lifts on top of what the previous people were paying. And it's just a simple 6% cap rate to figure out the overall value. But that was reappraised and came back at the $590,000 value. We got it reappraised. So we went from 385 to 590. 
for the best ever listeners who are handy and they're really interested in separately metering, I love how you say it. you call it hydro. You're talking about water, right? Just so we're talking about the same thing, right? Oh, sorry. No, electricity. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> we call it electricity. Yeah, so okay. electricity and heat. Okay, electricity and heat. I'm glad I clarified that. <laughs> don't want to get electricity and water mixed up. All right, glad I clarified that. For the best ever listeners who are mechanically inclined or wanting to be, can you describe how you were able to separately meter those two out, the heat and electricity? Well, in Ontario, I typically won't buy a property that has hydro or electricity included. Our electricity rates are skyrocketing. We're paying in the last year, they've gone up 25%. That is no word of a lie. Look up Ontario hydro rates. We're paying the most in this country and due to very poor management. So what's happened is we're trying to, as a landlord, offset our costs as much as possible. So there's companies that actually do that and they go in, they put individual meters on every single apartment. And as long as the tenant agrees to it, or the unit is vacant, you can put them on their own individual meter, which means isolating the electrical panel to its own individual meter. And then the tenant will be held responsible for the electricity. Same thing with the heat. So usually these buildings, they are running off of boiler systems or furnace systems. What I do is when the unit becomes vacant, I go through, I find an old closet that's not being used. We throw a furnace in there, run new gas lines, new ducting, and hook it up to its individual gas meter and put the onus on the tenant to pay for their own gas, which provides them with their heat, also their hot water as well because it runs off the hot water tank and keeps them nice and toasty in the winter. We have some cold winters here. The great thing about that, too, is it also removes all of the phone calls that you would incur in the wintertime. Here we have really cold winters, and one of the biggest complaints is I'm cold in my unit. When you have a shared system that's for all four units, You've got to keep all four tenants happy and nice and warm, and that's very difficult when you've got people with different body sizes and body temperatures, and keeping them all happy is a battle. So by putting them on their own individual heat sources and electrical sources, they control their usage, they control their bill, and it's completely off your books. Also, for me, removing a variable. Yes, that is wonderful to have an expense item be completely wiped away from the P&L statement for good. What is the investment to do that and pay the company? For me, I'm spending on individual units about $6,000. Furnaces, six to 10, depending on the size of the unit. Now, given the fact that my average building heating bill would probably be around 250 in the wintertime, it's not a very good payback period. But what I have done is one, immediately increased value. I've controlled my operating expenses, and that's where I'm getting the increase in value. So that $18,000 comes from removing that variable from my operating expense. So yeah, it's a lot up front, and it's going to take me about a seven-year period to get it paid off and, and start making me money again. But at the end of the day, that's still a good investment for me because these are long-term holdings. I plan on holding all of my assets for 10, 15, 20 years. So for me, it's worth it. And the other thing, too, is I can run my business at a much lower cost, even though the upfront capital cost is high. Switching gears a little bit, how has having a property management company helped you as an investor? The great thing is when you find a group of contractors that are absolutely fantastic, 
giving them more work is always a joy. I have a team of guys who work for me around the clock on my own properties, and then I'm able to give them other work at other properties, and it just increases that sense of loyalty and creates a stronger bond when you go from building to building to building to building with the same crew over and over and over again. And it's almost like a rather rinse-repeat process. So the more buildings, the more work, the more happier they are, and things just kind of keep going. And, of course, when you run a property management service as well, and you've got your own properties, you're taking advantage of being a company, a corporation with multiple entities, multiple buildings. Everyone's taking in with the advantages of insurance rates, bulk pricing. When I go and price a job, I want a landscaper to cut my lawn. I'm also giving him seven other buildings. So then he's more inclined to give me a great price for all seven buildings, which is my building and the six other clients that I have, rather than just quote me individually. Mm-hmm. So they're taking advantage of bulk pricing. They're taking advantage of using well-respected contractor who works with me. And basically, I carry a lot of weight. So when I call someone, they're willing to come quickly because they know that's not just me. It's me and all of my clients with me. If I was a single landlord with one building, they might brush me off for a bigger job. They're not going to do that because I'm the bigger job. I'm the guy they call for those types and they come to me first. That's kind of the great thing about running a property management service and being a landlord at the same time. But that's an advantage for both myself and my clients as well. How long have you been doing third-party property management? We actually just launched back in January. I used to work for other professional property management companies, a lot of large firms with hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in assets. And then I branched out and did my own thing back in January, started this small company, and we're quickly growing to take on small landlords who are feeling left out in the market or don't quite know what they're doing. Or there's the other end of the spectrum, which is investors, retired landlords, or business owners who don't have time to manage their day-to-day properties. A lot of my clients are actually professionals, engineers, doctors, actual bankers. And they come to me and they say, Adam, I've got more important things to do than worry about some tenant tap leaking. Yes, it's important. But of course, it's all about prioritizing their time and their life. So they call a guy like me who knows what he's doing, who's going to protect their investments so they can get back to what they do best, whether it be being the doctor, the engineer, the lawyer, or just being retired. I mean, in that respect as well. A lot of them, they said, Adam, I've managed this building for 20 years. I don't want to sell it and all of the profits go to taxes. I'd rather just keep it in the family, give it to my kids, and have you manage it. What type of jobs did you do when you were working at property management companies? Exactly what I'm doing now. I'm managing property. I'm repositioning undervalued assets and creating value. So on turnover, we're renovating in the right spots to get the best return on our investment. We are getting rid of bad tenants, undesirable tenants who are damaging of the building, damaging of the overall sense of community that's in these buildings, and bringing in new ones who are going to create value to the property and the sense of ownership. We're looking at outdated systems, boiler systems, heat systems, lighting systems, and retrofitting them to be the most cost-effective, low-usage, energy-efficient resources on the market. Again, lowering those operating lines, removing those variables. So I've done this actually myself for large companies, and now I'm doing it on a much more hands-on owner's size scale as opposed to working for someone else. If you hadn't worked for those large companies and you were just starting a management company now, but you hadn't had that experience, 
What do you think something that you would be making a mistake on because you didn't have that experience? The company that I was working for hired me on the basis that I was already a landlord. So my mindset is very much an ownership mindset, which is I spend money the way I would on my own place. When you drive your own car, you drive it better than a rental. It's a kind of different mentality. And each job I worked at did create a value to me and it added to my professional development. Pinpoint something individually, it's very hard to say. I would say that large-scale renovations, I'm talking 100-plus units, was something I would not have done if it was not through large property management firms like the ones that I worked for. I had done it on much smaller scales, like through the fourplexes and the tenplexes and the twentyplexes, 20-unit buildings as opposed to 150, 206 units in some cases. Complete building cleanouts and all that was done through professional property groups, and I probably would not have had that opportunity or would have been making a lot of mistakes if I got those opportunities if I hadn't been working for some of the larger firms earlier on. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? The best real estate investing advice ever would be for me, be prepared to work. I always say that there's one day of reward, which is rent day, and then 29 days of problems after that. So for me, it's like a small business or real estate for that matter. It's like a baby. You have to watch it. You have to take care of it. You can't just leave it. It's not a stock. It's not a bond. It's not going to appreciate through the work of someone else. It's going to only appreciate through your hard work. So if you're thinking of getting into real estate, the first advice that I give people is be prepared to roll up your sleeves and start working. And failing that, hire a property manager, find a guy like me who can do it for you, and then stick to him and be a sponge to absorb all of the wisdom that he has. So that way, if you do go on your own, you're a little bit wiser for when you actually go out and take over. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Absolutely. All right. Well, absolutely. Let's do it first. A quick word from our best ever partners. You looking for a one-stop landlording software that helps you create listings, find and screen tenants, and accept rental payments while managing maintenance requests? Oh, by the way, it's zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com forward slash best ever. If you have a smaller rental portfolio, then here's a no-brainer for you. Hemlane's property management platform automates the entire rental life cycle. With connections to local agents and maintenance coordinators, you are in control and have more free time. Check them out at hemlane.com. That's H-E-M-L-A-N-E. Dot com. All right. Okay. Best ever book you've read? Got a good one. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Best ever deal you've done that we have not talked about? Landing my first property management gig with a professional investment firm, 26 townhomes actually, out in uh, Kitchener. What's a mistake that you've made on a deal? Being overly optimistic with the numbers. And now if you were presented a similar opportunity, what do you do differently specifically? I'm a worst-case scenario thinker, so I always bet if everything goes wrong, what's the worst that's going to happen type scenario rather than think about the best. Are you able to be competitive with your offers by thinking about the worst-case scenario? Yes. A lot of it does have to depend on your gut, and you have to offer thinking about your gut. A lot of the Woodstock deal was if everything goes for sh- what's the actual most amount of money that I can pour into this property? 
and that number was not two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which is what it was appreciated. Three hundred thousand dollars is what I ended up appreciating. So I figured, worst case scenario, what's the most amount of money I can dump into this place if everything goes for shit, and I was still able to make the numbers work. Best ever way you like to give back. I usually give back to the people closest to me, the people who work hard for me and around me, whether that's friends, families, my contractors, my team, my crew, my network. The idea is that no one person is successful on their own. We are surrounded by people who help us succeed. We're lucky by our scenarios. And the best thing to do is when you realize that you have a team of people who appreciate you and they're working their butts off for you, you reward them at every opportunity. If I get wealthy, everyone around me who was with me along the way is going to get wealthy with me because there's no way I could have done it on my own. And how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you and learn more about what you got going on? If they want to get in touch with me, they can go to my website at www.unlimitedresidential.ca and they can get all of my contact information from there. They can also follow me on the Instagram, Rent Unlimited at Twitter. And we also have a Facebook group, which is under Unlimited Residential Group. They can also Google me as well, Adam Kitchener. A couple of results should show up. And there's also ways to get in touch with me on the websites as well. Well, Adam, thank you for being on the show, talking about your area of expertise and focus, which is repositioning properties. I love that you got into two case studies that are fresh on your mind because they happened last year. The two four-unit apartment buildings, your thought process, going to one of them, asking yourself, why is it that this isn't selling? What's so scary about it? And ultimately, is it permanent or is it temporary? If it's temporary, then you roll up your sleeves and you fix the temporary stuff. And as a result, you get a substantial amount of equity in that property. And then you use that to go buy more property. And you hold on to the property that you currently have. So great stuff. Also enjoyed hearing about how you individually meter your heat and electric and your thought process for your return on investment, more removing an expense item from the P&L statement. And you will get your money back. It's going to be seven years, but it's adding lifetime value to the property because of that. So thanks again for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Have a good night. If you have a smaller rental portfolio, then here's a no-brainer for you. Hemlane's property management platform automates the entire rental life cycle. With connections to local agents and maintenance coordinators, you are in control and have more free time. Check them out at hemlane.com. That's H-E-M-L-A-N-E.com.